The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transformed their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning and welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, owner of Thinking Bigger Business Media. And our guest today is considered one of the leading experts in customer satisfaction in the world. Her clients range from 25 professional sports teams, 60 entertainment venues, to the owner of the only seven-star hotel in the world, which is located in Dubai. She has trained the guest relations staff for Super Bowl 41, the Grey Cup, the 2008 U.S. Open for tennis, and the 2010 Olympic venues in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. In the past 18 years, she has presented more than 2,200 training programs worldwide. So please help me welcome today certified speaking professional Ruby Newell-Legner. Welcome to the show today, Ruby. Thanks, Kelly. It's great to be on. Oh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to all the advice you have to share today because it's just so important for us as business owners, particularly our group today who are smaller business owners, to be able to provide that world-class customer service. Sometimes that's the only thing that sets us apart from our larger competitors. So first, tell us about that company name, Seven Star Service. Where did that derive from? My company name used to be Ruby Speaks because I would go out and speak and help them with customer service. Then I was invited to Dubai to do training clear back in 2005. Mm. And I was invited there to do training for Jamera Group, who owns the Seven Star Hotel. And once I experienced that level of service, I knew that I had to change my company name to Seven Star Service. Uh. I have since been back seven times and have really you know, grown to love their culture and all the things that they do there. They're really... I call it customer service on steroids. It's definitely one of those that has really uh, piqued my interest and also raised my level of awareness in customer service. Well, it's it's obviously, from what I read about you, it is obviously a name that is well-earned for your own business. And uh, the I, I can imagine what a seven-star hotel must be like. And so I'm eager to hear what you what you have to say about that particular customer or client. Now, you consult and you train organizations that range from the small businesses who are listening today to sports and entertainment venues. Uh, I, I mentioned some of your clients as we open today. But how can such a diverse range of clients take those principles and the strategies, and those seven-star service principles, and apply them to their own businesses? Actually, everywhere I go and every every group I work with, whether it's small businesses or the local sports teams, I think that they have some very similar areas, and there's some really key mistakes that they all make, so I'd like to go over a couple of those if I could today. Absolutely. I mean, we all make mistakes when it comes to customer service, and probably some of them are just so basic that you you just want to smack yourself in the forehead sometimes probably when you get a complaint and you find out what it is. So what, what, what are some of those? I think number one would be that the leaders, the managers, the owners of the companies really choose the wrong people, and they, um, they, and I, I've made those mistakes myself. I would, I would hire somebody who I thought was like me, 
and um, I was needing to, you know, have somebody who complimented me, not necessarily had my skill set. I needed to have a, a variety. And plus, I think, you know, when they come on board, um, they ha- you have to know exactly what you're looking for. So um, when I learned that lesson the first time, I really sat back and said, so what is the most important thing to me? And I would encourage everyone on, a, on the listening in today. It would be very helpful for them to just identify three words that would describe what they're looking for. What are the most important things that really can help an employee feel very clear about what they're doing and then also help you with the hiring process? So for me, it's three simple ones, customer Mm -hmm. service, teamwork, and initiative. The customer service is, you know, you you can have a lot of questions around those things. You can ask for examples and see what their customer service, even during the hiring process, is like. True. Uh, and the and the teamwork, you know, it, it's one of those that has, you know, there are so many examples. So in, in your business, I would encourage you to think about the teamwork that is involved in your operation, and it may be with you and the person you're hiring, or it could be a group of people. It could be someone who's remote that has to uh, work together and have that teamwork. And then finally, the initiative one, and that's the hardest one to judge. Mm-hmm. So just asking some questions around, you know, what what can you share with me that has been demonstrates initiative? And if they don't know what it is, that's a bad sign, of course. <laughs> yes. Um, but if and if they can't come up with an example, that's also another sign, because I'm I always wanted to have someone who had that internal initiative, the one who wanted to do well without me having to tell them everything. Mm-hmm. And I found that those three things were really helping me identify the kind of person that I needed to work with and that I wanted to represent my company. Absolutely, and it strikes me that once you get your three words, as I listen to you give examples and and the reasons why you chose these three words, that when you choose your three words, that's a starting place. But you have to be probably really clear about what those three words mean in your own company, specifically what they mean, not just the general business sense of what they mean, and to ask for those specific examples uh, in their past experience to find out whether or not they can meet your definition of those terms. Would that be a fair? Absolutely. So to identify them first is the key. Then, as you mentioned, go through and identify specific instances and then figure out how you can interview a person and ask them questions to get them to answer the questions so you can have a judgment on whether they're good at that or if they're not. And right. Now, that that brings us somewhat to, to the second mistake that you often see contributing to poor customer service. Uh, Talk to us about that. I believe that owners really don't take time to clarify expectations from the very beginning. And I find this throughout the sports world as well, is that they identify exactly what they're looking for, and then when they bring that person on board, they really clarify in great detail exactly what's expected of them. Uh, you know, I like to call it the new employee brain. You know, you that day you're on the job, you're excited, and you have that, you know, anything they tell you that day you're going to do because you're so excited about the new opportunity. Right. The person doesn't take the time to really identify the, you know, the, the nitty-gritty stuff, the details, Then, and they come back six weeks later, they've lost that new employee brain, and it's a little bit more challenging to get them to embrace it. But yeah. if someone really takes the time to really get in there and, and say, here are my expectations, that's when they're eager to please, open to learning, and really ready to shine for you. You just have to be really clear on those expectations. 
Well, and unfortunately, six weeks later, too, because the, the expectations were not communicated, there could be a lot of frustration that has set in. So not only do you not have the new employee brain, it may not be uh, someone who is as eager or who is as excited and enthused about uh, their new job. <laughs> there could be exactly. some more layers that you have to penetrate. So um, now let, let's bring that home to small business owners just a bit. So many smaller businesses don't have any kind of onboarding or training for new hires. Truly, a lot of new hires are brought in and told, here's your desk, here's your computer, here's how you log in, and I need this by tomorrow. (laughs) I mean, seriously, I I know specific cases like that. So, So for businesses who have limited resources and perhaps don't have that formal training process for the people that they hire. What are some really key things, though, that if, if there's just if you've only got time to put a very short process in place, what would you what would you say should be present in that? I think for the onboarding process to help an employee feel really integrated into the company, um, they should have a big picture. And if you have any documentation about what your company is about, um, encourage them even before their first day to go look at the website and really get all the details. Because once again, that's when they're eager to learn and eager to, you know, please you. So um, then in the onboarding process, identify those three things, but really big picture stuff. So mm-hmm. um, what, what's it, why did you create your company? Why, why, what do you want to do? Is it uh, a service that you are very proud of, it's in your heart that you want, that you're passionate about? Is it totally financial-based that you found that that was a revenue stream that was really good? Whatever the vision of the company is and why you're doing the business, if you can help them understand that, they'll not only understand their role better, but they'll understand you better. I think, True. you know, small businesses are the, the lifeblood of our country, and I think it's so important that everybody, you know, appreciates them and knows them, but someone maybe has worked for another company and has expectations that they have a larger group. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to address that, too. Yeah. I think when they come on board, they need to be able to understand what it's like starting a business and then also growing a business and how you've invited them in to be part of that team. And it's helpful for them to know the direction you're going, the vision and the pieces that are available. One of the things that Tamara does that just really um, was my first aha moment, mm-hmm. I, call them, I call them Scooby-Doo moments. You know, where oh, you're Scooby-Doo. Like, oh. Oh. <laughs> you know, Love your that. Your turns to the side and you got the, oh. <laughs> um, it was a moment where they were talking about their mission statement. And they're the first companies that I'd ever seen that actually puts in their mission statement not only how they're going to treat their customers on the outside, but how they're going to treat their colleagues. At Jumeirah, they only have colleagues. They don't have staff members. They don't have employee members. Or they all talk to about colleagues all the time. So and I thought, wow, they even put that in their mission statement, how they treat each other. Right. And it really, you know, it's right, that sounds customer good. Service. I need to go to the store. I go and do training all the talk about how a person internally is working with the external customer, but then I also talk about how internal customers treat each other. So, you know, helping them understand a little bit about what's important to you yeah. is well, really important and, and the vision of the company. That's really going to make a big difference okay, in the long process. Well, and obviously if, if a colleague, if, if an associate, an employee, whatever our listeners choose to call uh, the, the people who work at the company, if they don't have that big picture, there is no way they're going to be able to communicate that to the customer and in the customer experience. So it, it, it's a crucial point, as you as you say. So uh, when you talk about the onboarding, that's just part of it. 
I'm sure that there are additional mistakes that occur as uh, in the leadership development and as the person grows or hopefully grows within the company. So what, what kind of mistakes occur once the person's there and maybe has their feet wet and they're, they're looking to grow within the company? What other kinds of mistakes can happen? I think they, I'm going to take it back to that expectation level and the conversation that you have with them. And if you set that up at the very beginning, it's going to be much better to avoid the mistakes in the future. Um, and another question that I would say that needs to be asked along the way is, even right after you've explained what the company is, explained what the role is, and you've gone over a great detail about it, ask this question, and then it's okay to pause and let them have some time to think about it. Or you might ask them in advance to come prepared to answer the question is what, what reputation do you want to create for yourself here? This is a fresh ah. start, and, you know, it really helps two things. Not only does it help them really think about that it is a fresh start and they've got a reputation, they might even think back to another job when they had something go wrong and it created a bad reputation and they want to fix that. Mm-hmm. So if you have them really commit to that very early on, then later on down the road you can reinforce that. And when you see that they're doing something that reflects the reputation that they wanted to create, it's obviously important to them or they wouldn't have mentioned it, and it will help you positively reinforce the direction that they're going to go. I think that you know, if we give them the opportunity to think about their reputation and then reinforce when you see that behavior, you're showing that you care enough for the employee to really help them grow, reinforce it, and it's also helping your business, especially if it's you know, directly related to their role and what you've hired them to do. Absolutely. And that brings up something else. As it, Let me see how I, I want to ask this. The One of the frustrations that I have, and, and I've had it happen twice in the past week, as a matter of fact, I was in a department store and I wanted to purchase something that was not available anymore. It was it was on sale and they had run out of the items and so um the the person who was assisting me did go back and look and see if they had any more items in stock. She came back and said that no she didn't. And then I said, Is there any possibility of getting a rain check for this? And she said, Well, you'll need to go up to such and such floor and go to blah 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 and get a rain check up there. And I just thought, you know, how nice it would have been to have empowered your people who are working directly with the customer to be able to issue those rain checks instead of taking me on a you know jog through your your store to have to find that when I was in a hurry to begin with I had only come in for that item actually and so it, you know as as a as a company is trying to develop their associates what what kinds of there's, a, there's always a question as an owner uh, between you know boundaries and empowerment. And so, as you, as as part of the development process, what role does that play? And and letting that letting go to assist the customer directly. I mean, you have to have some sort of guidelines in place. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Am I? Oh, I'm not sure if I'm asking the question properly. Oh, no, actually, but that was excellent, and I love the story. And I'm so I want to apologize for that company because they just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And you know, th- th- one, I think one of the biggest challenges is when, when you hire someone, and I've been in this case many times. I needed them yesterday, so they get thrown into the job right away. And you haven't done the the big picture training so that they don't have those elements. And I would say that the individual that you were dealing with, um, she was told this is your job, and there were no parameters about 
you know, and if you want to take it the next level, she was not, um, the opportunity was not created for her. And so one of the things that I encourage everyone who's listening today is to think about is inviting each one of your employees to be part of the experience. Mm-hmm. And the customer service experience is something that is a bigger picture, and it does go up, you know, that above and beyond. It, it creates that opportunity to shine, and it's not something that you can say, do this, do this, do this. It's about a mentality, and it's about a desire to shine. And you mentioned boundaries. I think that that's so helpful. Here's your job. Here's your role. And because there's going to be so many times that you want to do extra because we want you to do extra, it, it's helpful to do, set up two parameters. One is, if you're really not sure, ask me quickly so that we can, you know, help that customer. And right. secondly, if you really feel like you need to do it and it's not a huge thing, um, I encourage you to do it, and then I will talk about it later. And, of course, the, the owner or the supervisor of that situation has to be open to that there could be a possibility coming your way that's not the way you would have liked it. Right. But yes. how do you deal with that is what's so important. You know, you talk about it and you... Um, I love to ask the question first before I tell them how they messed up kind of thing, is to say, so um, looking back, is there anything you would have done differently? And sometimes they'll have a sense that where you're going and they, well, maybe I could have done this, and, and then encourage them to think through that. So it's about thinking through the process and having the mind of an owner that you're trying to get the employee to have, and that's really hard. But yes. It's about a dialogue, and it's about creating the relationship that they're not so afraid to make a mistake but they do have some parameters and some boundaries that they can do some things to help the customer. Right, and that's where, again, you mentioned it earlier, that's where that vision and what what the company is trying to accomplish, giving them the big picture comes into play, too. If they really have that nailed and you have really done a good job as the owner or as the supervisor explaining what that is, then they can always bounce what their actions should be off of that. At the very least, they can go back to that. So Absolutely. Yeah. Now, just, just a real quick aside, um, when, when, when I talk about customer service with people, one of the examples I always give on the positive side, and I have no idea whether or not this is one of your um, venue clients, but I was out in Washington, D.C. at the Ritz-Carlton, or the Ritz-Charles, excuse me, Ritz-Carlton. Is, which, what is it? There's, it's, there's, it's the Ritz-Carlton. Ritz-Carlton. Okay, I was right. There's a Ritz-Charles here in Kansas City that has nothing uh-huh. to do with, and I always get it confused. Uh, I was out there and went down to catch my cab. I had checked out of the room. It was winter, and I left my coat in the room. So I was like, oh, you know, smack my forehead, ask the cab driver to wait for just a minute. So I run back up there to get it. Of course, duh, my card has been deactivated already. Flag somebody down to let me back in the room, and the housekeeper has already been in there. Uh, taking things out, and it's not in there. So they go on this massive search for my coat, and my cab driver finally comes in and says, you know, you're really running up a bill up here, plus you're going to be late. I just got a traffic report. You want to get to the airport, get in the cab. So um, I look at the, the the bell captain who was helping me and said, you know, let me just give you my address, and if you find it, call me, and I'll make arrangements. And so he said, ma'am, he says, here is my card. I will call uh, in, in, you know, here, write it on. I will call you if if we find it. And in the meantime, uh, here is the money to give to the cab driver. And I looked down. I said, no, I can't take this. And he said, no, this is fine. And, and then uh, he said to the cab driver as I got in, he said, that should be enough money to get her all the way to the airport. And then just as we turned around, somebody that he had alerted 
came back running down with my coat. So oh, I had wow. my coat because they they employed people to or you know they got people on the horn to go looking for this coat, and then they paid my cab fare, and it was my mistake. Wow. So talk about customer service, and I've gone back to that hotel numerous times, of course. Absolutely, and and Ritz Carlton is very famous for that, and. And, and you think about how can we apply some of those lessons to small business, and we mm-hmm. have so many opportunities. And it's about you going back and telling that story, and that that plants the seed that you know he was part of your experience. And when you empower your employees to be part of the experience, and they take that level of responsibility, it's huge for your reputation. And you know, with all of Twitter and and I love TripAdvisor. I was just looking at one of the hotels we're staying at next week, and looking at some of the comments that are on there. Your reputation in customer service is going to make or break you, and look what it's done for Ritz-Carlton. Yes. The fact that they can get in there and really make a posi- you know, a, an awkward situation for you. They never felt you were, made, they never made you feel wrong in the process, mm-hmm. and he was willing to do a number of things to help you immediately. Right. Yeah. Right, and he didn't have to stop and ask anybody about that either. So I, that, that's just always a very good story in you know, this age when a lot of times customer service is lacking. I remind myself that there are still some very good companies out there, and it's very easy in many cases to do something that's going to make the customer happy right there on the spot. Um, I want to make sure that we get through some of these other points. And we, we've talked a lot about the company vision and empowering employees, but let's talk about resources. When it comes to poor customer service, uh, maybe maybe a company does go to all the trouble of doing all the things that we've already talked about, but then it, you get in the moment and you don't have the tools that you need in order to successfully implement or carry out what you've been taught. Talk to us about that. Oh, here's an easy one that anyone can implement right away, and it really does help grow the reputation that you have. And that's just taking note of your frequently asked questions. And so you've been a solo entrepreneur running your own business, and now you're bringing on individuals to work with you. Just think about the most frequently asked questions that you have and script out some answers that are appropriate and that you can go over with the individual when they're coming on board so that they have the heads up. If somebody's going to ask you this, like, over and over and over, and here's right. what art we prefer, how we like you to deal with that. Another really good thing about that is if you get a good frequently asked questions list with the answers Put them on your website. Mm. So not only when, you know, at 2 o'clock in the morning when I'm shopping, I could go, oh, so that's how that works. <laughs> you know? right. It's, it's a, right. It's a double whammy. It's great for your, you know, on-site online presence and also for training your staff. Yes, and, and in, the, in the process of posting that, you've already increased the customer experience because I don't have to, you know, I had it right there at 2 o'clock in the morning when I had the five minutes to make this reservation or whatever exactly. it is I'm after. It, you exactly. answered my question. So uh, um, very, very important. Another thing that's along that way is when you're going through the conversation and let them know that you want them to track their frequently asked questions too. Mm-hmm. So if there's some moments when you've got a uh, someone who's, you know, const- you're getting the same question three days in a row, make sure you review your answer with the supervisor to make sure that they are, are liking your answer or, or, you know, you just want to bounce off of them. Go back to that relationship and the management to be able to do that. Uh, the whole, you know, growing with you, learning with you, and encouraging the communication and the dialogue. Sure. Now, as we wrap up here today, uh, one of the things that 
I read about frequently or I hear about frequently is that, yes, salary matters, money does matter. Uh, it's, it's not true that it doesn't matter to your employees. However, sometimes recognition matters more. I, and I suppose that that's probably an area where a lot of business owners fall short when it comes to, you know, the customer service. You have to you have to give your own employees good customer service, too, by calling them out when they do something well. I suspect that that's one of them on your list. Absolutely. Your your employees are going to treat your customers just like you treat your employees. Yes. And so not only do you want to give them the tools that they need, clarify the expectations, and make sure that you get the right people in there, when they're doing a great job, you need to recognize them. And, you know, some people think that it's all about the money. You know, so I can't pay them enough. Well, you can give them a pat on the back and you can recognize them. And sometimes it's little fun awards or recognition that is just so simple. You know, mm-hmm. thank you for that great job. Let's go to lunch or I brought, I brought in lunch today for you. Or it could be a an, an element that they're working on about that reputation. When they've achieved that for a particular customer, then, you know, reinforce it, whatever you can do. One of my, right. my very favorite companies is Baudville. And that's Sit down. as in boy. Sit down in a minute. Sit down. D as in dog. V as in Victor. I L L E. And now it'll make sense. Bodville. Right, right. Bodville.com. And they uh, they are applause on paper. They have these cute little notes. They have ways to recognize new things, and they really are big. And they understand how important recognition is because if you see behavior that you like and you don't reward it and you don't acknowledge it, it's not going to stay. And so that's when the bad behaviors come in. So look for the good stuff, reward it, give them, make sure that you acknowledge it. And that's really going to – actually, it's been proven that's the most important thing that you can do in the workplace. It's like number three is money, but number one is being appreciated for what they're doing and acknowledged for their – you know, recognized for all the things that they do. Great information here today, Ruby. And for all of my Kansas City listeners, Ruby is going to be joining us in Kansas City on April the 12th at the Overland Park Marriott for a lunch session. We'll get started uh, with registration at about 11 o'clock and then have a nice lunch. Ruby will present at noon, and we will wind up at around 1 o'clock. So we would encourage all of you in Kansas City who are listening to go out to ithinkbigger.com and make sure that you register for this event on April the 12th because Ruby just tipped the hit the tip of the iceberg today. There's a lot more that she has to share. And, so, and, and in person, it, it's going to be... Uh, so much great, so much greater of an opportunity because you'll be able to ask her questions directly too. So I think bigger.com, go out and get registered for the lunch and presentation that she's going to be doing here in Kansas City. And for all of you who are listening outside of the Kansas City area, well, first of all, we'd love to have you come in if you want to, if you're close enough. But um, in addition to that, Ruby, they can learn more about you at your website and they can buy your book. Tell us about how they can uh, find out more of the secrets to turning your customers into your fans. You bet. I've got two websites right now. I've got a rubyspeaks.com which has information for general customer service. And then for the sports and entertainment world, and anybody who's in the entertainment business and, and wants to get that information, that's the seven-star service. And that's the number seven, starservice.com. Okay, so there you go. If you're in Kansas City, make sure you go to ithinkbigger.com and 
get signed up for the April 12th event with Ruby. And if you're outside of the Kansas City area and you want to purchase her book or find out more about her, book her as a speaker, you can go to one of the two websites that she just uh, mentioned. And that one of those is Seven Star service.com and the other was tell me again the other one again rubyspeaks.com okay rubyspeaks.com and sevenstarservice.com seven the numeral seven ruby thank you so much for sharing today and i'm looking forward to meeting you in just a few weeks sounds great kelly thank you for a great interview and hope to see everybody there This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.